take just a moment to pray for a couple of people in our congregation. So I might have you stand back up or ah, you can sit down. We can do it sitting down. God will hear you sitting down, right? Yes. Uh, Pete and Shannon Ward, I don't think they're here at this service. Pete and Shannon Ward need prayer. Shannon's got cancer, a pretty, pretty aggressive cancer that we're believing God's going to just wipe off the face of the earth, you know, just wipe it out. Pete and family, we need to continue to lift them up in prayer. River uh, was diagnosed with leukemia. If you hadn't heard, we need to continue to pray for them. He's doing incredible. I mean, I've seen videos like a kid me. This little this little fellow's riding around in the street on a little car, and he's had two two sessions of chemo. He's got a port, and they just put it in for the you know the first few uh, weeks are going to be the most difficult. And of course, this this is a three year process, so we don't want to stop praying for this family. Believing God to do something miraculous for this family. Uh, John and Carol Hussman, Carol's mother, was diagnosed with stage four cancer uh, this week. She's 87 years old. She's got it in her liver and her kidneys and her brain. It's pretty much all over her body. They don't get, they're not going to treat. They've given her two or three weeks to live. Um, we want to pray for that family as she goes on to be. She loves the Lord. She's a believer. She's the one who got Heather here and some of the other folks here. Uh, so uh, she she kind of pushed that thing through. So uh, we're we're uh, excited that she's going to go be with Jesus. But it's always hard to lose your mama, no matter what. You got one mama. We want to pray for that family. Tracy Allman this week has been having seizures, and uh, we want to uh, pray for her. They have she she even had them in the hospital. They still don't know what they are. And so let's just pray. I'm going to ask you to lift your voices and you pray over these things. Let's just pray kingdom down on these families. Go ahead and pray. Pray out loud. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Well, that that uh, we got a lot of things coming, uh, and that video would have told it if we could have got it to play. But there's a couple things that we really need to make sure that you understand. That is unbound. We have a uh, training ministry on not only how to pray for yourself, how to pray for your family, uh, just some incredibly good biblical, practical. A training on how to pray for people, uh, how to begin to get freedom in your own life in different areas. I recommend that nobody miss it. Absolutely. It is fantastic information. Uh, we need a record so we can order books and things that come with that. There's a, uh, there's a $20 cost, I believe it is, $10 cost for each side. Normally there's $20. She's giving us a break. All we're paying for is the books. Um, uh, Julie's going to take this over Charlotte uh, I, Ron Hamilton has it at his church in Seacoast in, in Charleston uh, uh, the Paul Rienzo who is at Crosstown Church who we did our men's retreat with he, he it's unleashed at his church we, God hooked us up together and I'm, I'm excited about what God's going to do through Julie as she takes it out in the city but we're going to start right here so I encourage you sign up if you need child care Sign up for that as well. The women's tea is coming. Take a note of that. Tickets will be for sale out here, so you need to buy a ticket. So we'll know how many. I think they're $5 a piece. Look at the dates. I'm not sure what they are. The video did. <coughs> but go go sign up. Go buy your ticket. Um, another thing I want to do that's different um, is just talk to you a minute about offering. We've got boxes that are set up. We missed a Sunday. Don't miss a Sunday. <laughs> You know, if you're in business for yourself, if you close all week, you know, that that affects you. Don't let that slide by. We, in, we ended the year incredibly. Just to give you a small little update, we had about we had a little over 100000 I don't know exactly the numbers, a little more than $100,000 increase in our budget or income over last year. <laughs> Isn't that good? 
I tell you the better news, we saved every bit of it. Yeah, that's the good news. We got it all. And so I, I just think that's incredible. So uh, thank you for your graciousness and for your faithfulness to the Eastside Church. And the uh, boxes are there. We also have a, a way that you can give online out in the foyer as well. Uh, but I want to do something special here. Um, we're going to take our generosity to another level this year. And uh, are the ushers ready? Are the ushers ready? You're ready? Um, they're going to begin to to take up an offering. Let me get let, let me let them. Y'all stay right there. You're good. Uh, let me give you a little insight so you can reach into your pocket. John and Carol Hussman came here by faith. They were able to get a house. They paid off their debt and everything uh, before they left, but they didn't have a job. You know, and they came here and they they're in a, their whole family. I don't know how many they got in that house, but it, it's a lot. There's a lot of kids in that house. And, uh, and they're all trying to make it here, but they're broke right this second. They're not going to be broke for long, but they're broke right this second, and her mama's dying. They don't have any way to get back. We want to fly Carol back. And so we need about $1,200 to fly Carol back. And so if we all give 10 20, and if you can give more, give more. But let's, we're going to take up an offering for them right now. So um, I'm going to give you a second to dig so that you can get prepared. And I'm just believing God now. If we go over what it's going to cost her to fly, praise the Lord. And they'll get it all so that they can make transition. Amen. Let's pray over it. Father, I thank you for your provision for us. We know that if we give, you say that we'll get back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. There's no way that we can outgive you. You are looking for vessels that you can give through. And I say about me, Lord, let me be found in favor with you. So, God, we just pray a blessing on this family. We pray, God, that you would move in them incredibly. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Y'all can go ahead. And as they go, I'm going to go. Okay? Break it out to Eastside Church. And, and uh, this is going to stay separate from everything else, so we'll, know, we'll be able to count it separate. Okay? Cool? You got your Bibles open to, with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, we're going to be in verse 8, but I'm going to kind of start in verse 4 to, to, get, to lead us up to, to it. Um, one of the things that's got me so excited about this year is I believe with all my heart that I'm going to see more of God than I've ever seen in my life. I'm excited selfishly for me because I really anticipate the revelation of who God is and the glory of the Lord like I've never experienced. Amen? Amen. You know what makes me excited secondly is I'm going to see and believe that if you'll pursue the Lord, that you'll, if you'll make sure that you uh, put Him first, that you seek the kingdom, then you're going to see the glory of the Lord like you've never seen before. And I'm going to get a watch as you see the glory of the Lord, and I'm going to get excited about that. Can I get a double amen? There we go. <laughs> you excited about that? Man, I'm fired up about that. Now what, uh, that one's excited. What? would kill that is religion. You know, religion says that you've already got all of God that you need. Religion says you're good. You want to see a religious person? See one that thinks he hadn't got any room to grow. That would be a religious 
person. Oh, my greatest fan is heading out. Oh, my goodness. And so I'm excited about that. When we, um, when we think about the kingdom of heaven coming and being transformed by that, you know, it never moves far from the idea that we need to think, think differently. That as a man thinketh in his heart, so shall he be. And when we think about that passage of Scripture, we have to understand that it is written when it's referring to being influenced by your friends. He says, be careful who you get real close to because their way of thinking will rub off on you. It will become the way you think. Then it will become your heart, and then you'll begin to move out in those things because as a man thinketh in his heart, so shall he be. So it's really a warning for you and me to make sure that we take every thought captive. Now, one of the things that we can reference when we think about bringing every thought captive is what is the source of the thought? What, what is the foundation? Where's this thought? Where's this thought coming from? Is it, is it coming from you know, a faulty way of thinking? Is it coming from a worldly way of thinking? Is it kingdom thinking? Where is this thought coming from and making sure that we're motivated by the right thing. As I was in sales and in the business world, there's all kinds of reading that deal with the way you think. We know, we know that the way we think influences us, right? Uh, when I was in sales, there were, there, were, there were books called Thinking Grow Rich. Anybody ever heard of that book? Maybe you were influenced by some other books, but The Power of Positive Thinking. You ever heard of that? All those things are, are good reads. The Greatest Salesman is another one. Awaken to the Giant Within You. All those are, are good books, but most of them are written so that you can get rich. Now, I'm not sure that that motivation is exactly right, but the, but the truth in the way of thinking is, is accurate because this is what we know, that the way you think, the way you process information, how you begin to operate can change your biochemical makeup. This is a scientific fact that it can change the way your body processes and, and whether you have health or not and all these kind of things, whether you're depressed or not, the way you think can change all those factors. We know that it can change your biochemical makeup. One of the things that scientists know is that you've got these uh, highways, you've got these maps in your brain that, that are there, and, and, and that data moves in your brain by those highways, and they get familiar with those highways, and, and, and they use those same highways over and over and over again. And they say, scientists say, brain scientists say, that you can actually change those maps. And you can change the maps and you can change the chemical that's going through the brain that can break health. Now, this will help us understand how God not only made the body, but how the way we think can always bring healing. We, we, we can understand how stress can be uh, not healthy to your body. All those things can, can come through that filter of how you think in your heart, so shall you be. And so as we go into this, year and as we understand that uh, the patterns are there you know what's really interesting is those patterns can even be there generationally well that was hard let me say it again generationally thank you I got by the tongue which helps me understand what it means when you really think about uh, you know Sin being passed down to four generations. I mean, it gives, you, it gives you an idea when Scripture says this particular sin, because of this pattern of thinking, because of this map that's been used in this father's brain, I'm going to pass that. And we know that genetically that whole highway system is passed down to the next generation. But the good news is that we can break the patterns. The good news is that we can set up roadblocks and detours 
based on the kingdom of heaven, begin to think differently, lining ourselves up with the way God thinks, and begin to bring different results. It will bear the fruit of how you think and how you move. And that's what we're dealing with when we begin to look at uh, Philippians chapter 4, uh, verse 8. But I'm going to start in 4, so let's go there and let's read it real quick. Rejoice in the Lord always. Say that. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. You think it means it? Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. Say it with me. Be anxious for nothing. Now, this is a pattern of behavior that Paul is writing to the church. Now, I want you to understand that he's writing this to the church with an expectation that the church will actually do this. That there will be success. That this will be a win for the church. Be anxious for nothing. And then he says, but instead, instead of being anxious, pray with all prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, letting your requests be made known to God. And when you make this transition, when you move from anxiousness to prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, then you release the kingdom that pushes the peace of God, which passes understanding, and it will begin to guard your heart in Christ Jesus. This is a way of thinking. This is a way of doing. You've got to put off the old and put on the new. Now, the good news for you and me is that Jesus Christ came so that we might have life. This is life. The other is death. The other way of thinking is destructive. Anxiousness does not bring help. Peace does. Right? You tracking with me? And so you have to bring every thought captive. What is the root of this thought process, this thought pattern? You have to have sober judgment about where uh, this information is coming from. Watch out who you're listening to. Watch out who you're hanging out with because as your heart is, so shall you be. Amen? So we're seeing this begin to take root. Now we get to verse 8. He says, finally, brethren, let me give you the antidote. Let me give you the prescription. Let me tell you how to think. Brethren, think on these things. Whatever is true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things of, are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any excellence of character, if there's anything that is praiseworthy, meditate, consider, count, give credit to these things. The things which you learned from me and received and heard and saw me in me, these do, and the peace of God will be with you. Now, if you want the peace of God, some, some, some might say, I just want the peace of God in my life. Well, this is the antidote. Here it is. It's written right in front of you. Think on what is true. Think on what is honorable. Think on what is a good report. All these things are true. And so as we begin to look at these, what I wanted to do is I just wanted to break these things down a little bit. If this is so important, if 2017 is going to be the year that the kingdom of heaven rains down on me and the peace of God, which I've never experienced before, I have experienced the peace of God, but not to the level I'm about to experience because he's about to reveal more to me. He's about to reveal the place that I'm not allowing the peace of God to begin to abound and abound even more. And so as I begin to pursue this, 
I've got to begin to, to think like this. Now, when I see these words, when I see, when I see true and when I see noble and when I see just and pure and of good report and lovely, when I see all those things, it sounds just like CNN News to me or Fox News or what? No, it doesn't, does it? How in the world do you think that you can, you can do all this when you allow these kinds of things to inundate your life and inundate your thought process? It gets you just as critical as those, as those folks. We were on staff retreat, and one of, one of uh, the great high prophet Stephen Vulo was talking about, woo, he was talking about how he, he went to a Catholic church, and, and there was there was so much good coming from the message in this, in this Catholic service. And no matter what your background is, sometimes we have a tendency to think about the negative things from our background versus the positive things because it's what everybody else does. It's what everybody else is doing around us. They're, they're finding out all the negative stuff and they're bombarding us with negative thoughts and negative speech. And that's who we're befriending. And there's a great warning in Scripture that tells, watch, watch what you're befriending because it's going to become what your heart's like and you're going to reap the way you're thinking. And here's how you think. I want you to think on what's true. And that, that's truth. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 says, put away lying. That's little white lies. Put it away. Don't stretch. Let each one of you speak truth to his neighbor, for we're members of one another. Jesus said this in the message. I love this passage of Scripture. I love it in the message, so listen to this. They are no more defined, us, they, the church, are no more defined by the world than I am defined by the world. Jesus just said that about you and me. We're no longer defined by the world any more than he is. Make them holy, separated to God, consecrated. Make them holy. How? With truth. Your word is consecrating truth. The word of God is consecrating truth. In the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. I'm consecrating myself for their sakes so they'll be truth consecrated in their mission that's good that you're 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 living your life based on the truth of the word of god because the word of god is truth now you're to respond to the world that way so here's the challenge it's an impossible challenge Without the work and the power of the Holy Spirit working in your and my life. We, we're not going to see this unless we see more of the glory of God. The revelation of God begin to manifest itself in our lives as we surrender to its way, to the truth of the Word. Now, let's just, that's the beginning place, and I think that's incredibly important that that's the starting place. You know, we talked Wednesday night just a little bit about the foundation being the Word of God. And if you're not reading and doing the Word, it's impossible for the kingdom of God to come on you and to be a part of your life. The only way that you can release the kingdom is the Word of God. And so he then says, so be truthful. But the seventh thing, think on this. Think on being noble. Noble. That is dignified. Think on what is noble, what's dignified, what is worthy of respect, what is honorable. You know, I love that about the thought of our denominations, but how about when we stretch that out to a president, or we stretch that out to an incumbent, or we stretch that out to a, 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 an enemy or an abortion clinic, or whatever it is that's coming against the kingdom, we have to think on what is honorable. We can't think on what is negative. If you focus on the negative, it's going to eat you up. You can't focus on the bad about people. You've got to focus on what is they're doing good. If, if your boss has ten attributes, six of them negative, 
and four of them positive, it's all, I can almost guarantee you that most of us aren't talking about the six, aren't talking about the four positive. We're talking about the six negative. We're finding out what's wrong with them, and that's what dominates our thinking. That's what we say. And the Bible says, if you want the kingdom, you've got to think honorable thoughts toward them. How do you do that? Well, you can't act like you can't put your head in the sand and act like it ain't so. You know it's so. But you, you know, Liz does this all the time. Drives me absolutely crazy. You say something negative about somebody, and she'll say, but they do this, 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 and this right. And I go, That's the kingdom, though, isn't it? It's thinking. She, she, I guarantee you, she doesn't see anything negative. I mean, she's looking through a filter that honors people. Praise the Lord for the church. Because this is an attribute of the church. It's an attribute of a believer. This is not an attribute just of an individual. Praise the Lord for Liz because she models kingdom. Right? But we all should model kingdom. He says, think on what is honorable. And I guarantee you, even if you're for or against Obama or for or against Trump, you can think of honorable things to think about them. I'm so sick of reading media stuff about Hillary Clinton and about Obama and about Trump that everything, every feed that we get is terribly negative toward those individuals. And that is not the way the church is supposed to respond or think. And until we stop, we're not going to be able to affect our communities like we're supposed to. We need to honor these people. Whether you agree with them or not, find something honorable about them. And think on those things. That's the word of God. That's the kingdom of heaven. And it says about you, you will induce peace. Otherwise, you're going to bring division, disunity, and hellish forces against you. You're going to speak it out, and it's going to open the door for hell to come in. It says, Think on what's honorable. Think on what is true. Think on what is noble. Think on what's... Let, let me read uh, 2 Corinthians 8.21 before I get any further. We're careful to be honorable before the Lord. We want to be honorable before God as, as an individual. But we also want everyone else to see that we are honorable. It is, it is what we want the world to see about us so they will be attracted to the church. It's time for the church to quit preaching about something and start being something. 2 Corinthians 8.21 Be careful to be honorable before the Lord, but also we want everybody else to see that we're honorable. Thirdly, he says be just or, or righteous. In other words... Think rightly. Think like God thinks. The only way to do that is with truth. Deuteronomy 16.20 says, Let true justice prevail, so you may live and occupy the land that the Lord has given you. God has a place in this world, a mission for you and you alone. You're the only one that can fill that mission. And he's saying with this, if you'll think justly, if you'll begin to think righteously, then what's going to happen is, you're going to begin to uh, take that land that was intended for you to take. And that has to do with people coming into the kingdom or hellish forces not winning in situations that you're involved in. He wants, to, he wants justice and righteousness to rule, and he wants to give you that land because you're thinking righteously. Galatians chapter 3, verse 11, this is from the message as well. It says, the obvious impossibility of carrying out such a moral program should make it plain that no one can sustain a relationship with God that way. 
The person who lives in right relationship with God does it by embracing what God arranges for him. Doing things for God is the opposite of entering into what God does for you. Habakkuk had it right. The person who believes God is set rightly by God, and that's real life. In other words, you can't do it in your own strength. You've got to be empowered by the Holy Spirit so you can carry out righteousness. He says, so think on truth. Uh, think on nobility or, or uh, worthy, those that are worthy of respect. Be, bring honor to people. Think on what is just or righteous. Think on what's pure. Pure means innocent or holy, free from defect or defilement. Think on that. That's challenging, isn't it? Think on that. Why? Because you want the kingdom to come in your life. You want the peace of God to rule and reign in your heart. Well, that's hard to do. Yeah, it is. You need the power of God. That's why I just read that scripture. You need the power of God to even do it. Pure, innocent, holy free from defect or defilement. The next thing he says is, is lovely. Think on what is lovely. That is not the Hallmark Channel, although it's pretty good. I'm getting where I like the Hallmark Channel. Liz will tell you I've cried more than her. I know you all find that hard to believe. So think on what's lovely. What's pleasing? Think on what is agreeable. In other words, when you are befriending people, she's still giggling. When you're befriending people, <laughs> think and talk about what you agree on. Don't start arguments because you know somebody disagrees on something. And try to prove your point and make yourself look smart and them look dumb. So many people with low self-esteem try to use other people's opinion against them so they'll feel good about themselves. That's not the attitude or the posture of a Christian. We're not supposed to begin to look for things that we disagree on so that we can argue about them. We're supposed to find things that we agree on so we can have good conversation. Had a brother this week that was going to see somebody that's an unbeliever he's been working on for years. And he had vowed to the Lord because he believed the Lord said for him not to do it. But he wasn't going to bring the name of Jesus because the guy would have, you know, has commented on that before unless he asked him about it. Why? Because he's honoring this person. He, he is going to talk about in the name of the Lord in hopes that the kingdom of God will come what they could talk about agreeably isn't that good that is what god says do he says what will that do that will induce peace that'll bring peace to your life whatever is lovely whatever is pleasing whatever is agreeable listen to this first corinthians 13 4 through 7 in the new living translation says this love is patient and kind Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. It's not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. It doesn't rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Love is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Think on whatever is lovely. John says this. Jesus says this in John. There is no greater love than this, than a man lay down one's life for one's friends. And then he says this. You are my friends if, you need to circle if, you keep my commandments. Think on whatever is lovely. Think on a good report. That is, what's commendable, what's worthy, what's kind. 
think on what is unlikely to give an offense. Ha! See how countercultural this is? This is not the way our society lives. This is not what we see. This is not what media pushes at us all at all times. So when God tells us to bring every thought captive because the way we think becomes what our heart's like, becomes what we do. As a man thinketh in his heart, that's what fruit he begins to bear. So if we bring every thought captive, we have to think of and be sober-minded about the source. And the source needs to be truth. The source needs to be kingdom. We need to be making sure that our attitudes and our postures are kingdom postures, that they are representatives of the attitudes and the postures of Jesus. And this happens in the workplace. When we are attacked or when we are falsely accused or we, when we're belittled or maybe somebody doesn't see our skill set or whatever it might be, this begins to take place and, and be, it's the birthplace of beginning to act something out that is kingdom and advance the kingdom of God in this situation if we'll respond this way and not the way of the world. Otherwise, you're going to begin to birth something of the world in the name of Jesus. And it's going to look hellish and God's going to get a bad reputation. Yes? <laughs> so we have to know that how we think drives our actions. And Paul writes to us and says, think this. Think on what is true. Think on what is noble. Think on what is just. Think on what is pure. Think on what is lovely. Think on what is a good report. Think on these things, and the peace of God and the kingdom of heaven will overshadow you, will overtake you, will guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. So what voices are you going to listen to in 2017? You know, if you, if you try to just go into 2017 without coming to a decision or conclusion in the beginning, you're going to be influenced by everything. But if you really set your heart on this one thought, that I'm going to take every thought captive of the root of where I'm getting this information and whether this information sounds like kingdom. Is this information that I'm receiving? Am I, you know, the devil, oops, the devil so oftentimes does this. He's looking for somebody that he can do this to so they can do that to. He just wants to speak in your ear so you can speak hell to everything else. I got one that just run that mouth. Let me get right in there. And you just speak hell all over everything because you didn't consider the source. And that's one of the things that Unbound is going to do is, is, is help us realize how to take things back and make sure that we're moving out and moving forward in that. So who are you going to listen to? In 2 Chronicles chapter 10, verse 3 through 11, this is a story about one of the kings, Jeroboam, in, uh, in Israel. And, and listen to what this is. It's just a little story, and it just gives us a, a deal about friendship. And I think this is so important. This was written for you and me today. I'm just going to read it real quickly. Summoned by Israel, Jer Jeroboam and all Israel went to Rehoboam and said, Your father made life hard for us. So Rehoboam's the king. Your father made life hard for us, worked our fingers to the bone. Give us a break, lighten up on us, and, and we'll willingly serve you. Give me, said Rehoboam, three days to think it over, and then come back. So the people left, and King Rehoboam talked it over with the elders who had advised his father when he was alive, and said, what's your counsel? How do you suggest that I answer the people? And they said this. If you're willing to be a servant of this people, be considerate of their needs and respond with compassion. Work things out with them. They'll end up doing anything for you. But he rejected the counsel of the elders and asked the young men he'd grown up with who were now currying his favor. What do you think? 
What should I say to these people who are saying, give us a break for your father's harsh ways, lighten up on us? The young Turks he'd grown up with said, these people who complain your father was too hard on us, lighten up? Well, tell them this, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. If you think life under my father was hard, you haven't seen the half of it. My father thrashed you with whips, I'll beat you with bloody chains. But when Rehoboam was firmly established and strong, he abandoned the Lord, and all Israel followed him in his tomb. And the wages of that sin bore fruit on Israel. And it'll do the same for us. So many times, people look for somebody who will agree with them negatively so that they can justify their, their worldly perspective as believers. Who are you going to listen to in 2017? Are you going to find somebody who's going to give you kingdom ideas, kingdom thoughts, and hold you to responding that way? Or are you going to find somebody who will tickle your ears so you can respond like everybody else? That's the question you have to ask yourself. That's taking every thought captive. So when I talk to people in the church, or what I hear from so many around, even if it's not in this church, even if it's just talking to folks, there's so many people that identify with the church that miss the glory of God in their own lives because of self-disqualification. They disqualify themselves, and they do it for a lot of reasons. When you, when you begin to be challenged or are challenging someone to make sure that you think kingdom, that you speak kingdom, that, that you're responding in truth, you're responding in honor, that you're thinking on the right things, that you're thinking on that good report, that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, there's the response is this, yeah, yeah, I know I, know I should. But there's absolutely no change in heart or action. There are people who say, well, you know, I've tried that God thing, or I tried that way, or I tried that kingdom way of thinking, but it didn't work. It just didn't work. It didn't work for me. might work for you, but it doesn't work for me. Well, let me tell you something. If you've been thinking and doing something for 30 years, and your father did it that same way for 30 years, and his father did it that way for 30 years, and there was a pattern of thinking, and there was a highway in your brain, and there was a way your brain began to make chemicals, do you think for, for six months a, a change of thinking is going to be able to, to adjust that? There's got to be this shift made available by Jesus Christ on the cross that empowers you because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to begin to move in this pattern long enough to change the way you think and to change the way you do. Otherwise, you're going to keep reaping the same results. And so you've got to do it long enough to change your biochemical makeup so that you can release kingdom in it. The kingdom has to be released. So you can't give up. You can't just do it for three weeks or a month or three months and expect it to be a lifelong change when it's generational sin that caused you to even think that way in the first place. Amen? You tracking with me? This is a God-sized task that takes steadfastness to justice and righteousness. Some people say, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times that I've said, you know, man, you know, the Lord really wants you to respond like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what yeah means? <laughs> yeah, yeah means, yeah, but I don't know if God can do it in my situation. Yeah, but I just don't know if I've got that kind of faith. Yeah, but I don't want to do that because I like being mean. Yeah, yeah means something, but basically it means I really don't want to release the kingdom of God. I, I'm not that bad yet. I'm not that hurt yet. I'm not in a situation yet where I'm that desperate for God to do something. That's what yet. Yeah, now, now, once you get out of the yets, 
it's usually a pretty low place because you know you've tried everything you could try and it just didn't work. And you're looking for God to rescue you. The worst one that I hear so often, God knows my heart. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, I know I should, but you know, God knows my heart. And I think to myself, yes, he does. And this is what he says. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The Lord searches the heart and tests the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. He knows your heart because he sees what you do. He sees what you do. As a man thinketh in his heart, so shall he be. Be careful that you're testing the kingdom. Let me read you some scripture. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Ephesians chapter 4, 23. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Let the Spirit of God renew your mind. That's what we prayed and what we said at the beginning. That I believe that the Lord is going to reveal Himself even greater to me than I've ever seen Him before. I'm going to allow the Spirit of God to change the way I think and what I do and my attitudes towards people and towards the world. How about you? Titus 3, 5 says, Jesus saved us not because of our righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth, new life through the Holy Spirit. We have the possibility of, of thinking kingdom and bringing kingdom. Titus 3, 5, he saved us so that we could live life through the Holy Spirit. So do you want to release the kingdom of 2000, in 2017 in your life? Do you want the peace of God like you've never experienced before? You go, you want to be wowed by the presence and the peace of God, even in the midst of hard things? It's not that he says that he's going to take away the tribulation. He's saying, I'm going to bring peace that doesn't make any sense in the midst of the tribulation. You can clap, brother. Go ahead. You can clap. I like that. Get that started. I like that. He says that. He says that. It only comes by renewing our mind and then thinking and taking kingdom authority over our areas, over the mission that God has given us so that we can fulfill our destiny in Jesus Christ. We need to create a new roadmap that produces kingdom in our mind. I'm determined that I'm not going to think the way I've always thought. That I'm going to begin to think that captive. I'm going to continue to take that captive. I have been. I'm just on an assault to take it captive. I'm going to keep my eyes off my circumstances, and I'm going to put my eyes on whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is a good report, and I'm going to meditate on these things. And as I do, the kingdom of heaven is going to pour on me and the peace of God is going to guard my heart in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen? Let's stand for closing prayer. Father, I thank you for your word and the truth. I thank you, Jesus, for the possibility of even living here because we know in our own strength that's a total impossible task. But because of your death and resurrection and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, no matter where sin is, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. That your power working in us and your kingdom working through us as we align ourselves with the truth of the Word of God and we consider and think on the things that you've commanded, we release the power of the kingdom of heaven upon us. And Father, I pray right now that we would be sober-minded 
that we would take every thought captive and that, Lord God, we would be ever aware of the kingdom of heaven and your thinking and your way, which is righteousness. And we would be consecrated to that so that we could carry out our mission of righteousness on this earth. Not by what we preach, but by what we do that preaches louder than anything we could say. So, Father, this year, my expectation is that the glory of the Lord would be seen like never before. That signs and wonders and miracles would be poured out because of you have found a place that honors you, that thinks like you, that wants to be like you more than anything else. I ask you, Lord, that that be me. Come, Lord Jesus. Show us the way. Father, I pray that we not make any excuses about your word or being in it this year. I ask you, God, to pull us to it and we would respond in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Now listen, we've got some little, I think that might be it. Is that it? No. We've got some little scripture things out in the foyer. They're in the little thing against this wall right here. And it's um, in 90 days before Easter, we can read the New Testament one day at a time. Grab that and begin to read the scriptures. It's like three chapters a day. You'll commit to that. It'll, it's going to change your life. It's going to change the life of this church. So I ask you to do that and also sign up for Unbound. If you need prayer, our prayer team is going to be up front. We love you. We bless you. May the peace of God come over you this week. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Y'all have a great week.